0: This is where architecture firms need to go and evolve if we're going to tackle this, the challenges that are out there facing our societies, be it environmental issues around climate change, be it social issues around um, homelessness, around um, urban design and planning, around transit, all these kinds of things, you need an interdisciplinary approach. We took it upon ourselves as a practice to, to try to create that kind of model, and I think it's really cool that AAO rewarded that.
1: Hi. Hello. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. Hello, and welcome to Architecting.
1: Hey, hello, and welcome to Architecting. I'm Adam Wagner. Our mission here on this podcast is to tell Colorado design stories. And recently, we were able to do this at AIA Colorado's Design and Practice Conference in Keystone, Colorado. For me, this event is really a party where I get to be around all my favorite people, past guests, future guests, friends, and colleagues, and get them all in one place. This year, AIA Colorado graciously set up a a glass podcast studio for me in the middle of the conference room where I was able to sit down with all the keynote speakers and other guests to recap and dive deeper into the talks that they gave. This will be a series of short interviews released over the next few weeks. For more information and pictures from these talks and events, you can check out our Instagram page or go to aiacolorado.org. The third speaker is David Goldberg, the president of the twenty. 23 AIA National Firm of the Year, Methune. Dave gave an overview of Methune's innovative and multifaceted firm model and how it creates a dynamic and supportive work environment while also completing compelling and award-winning architecture. Now, here's the interview with David.
2: Hey, we're happy to be sponsored by Modern in Denver Magazine. For over a decade, they've been crafting fantastically curated content on Colorado designers and projects spreading the gospel of good design within our region.
1: And I love how the goal of Modern in Denver aligns with the goal of this podcast, to better build up and connect the community of Colorado designers. So go buy a copy of the magazine at your local bookstand, subscribe to their weekly email list, and follow them on Instagram.
2: Check it out. did you grow up in washington new
0: york i'm uh, from oh, new really? york new york uh, suburbs and oh, went to uva as an undergrad oh, okay and then i went for my master's in seattle oh, okay and that's how i stuck around there
2: nice how what, what was that made that decision to go to washington
0: oh the magic of the west coast yeah. and beauty of seattle and i'd done a lot of traveling around the country and after, after undergraduate school, we drove up to Fairbanks, Alaska and lived there for a little while. And, uh, I just always liked the West coast.
2: That's an interesting combo of the UVA like background yeah. and then to Washington. And yeah. UVA seems pretty kind of theory based to me and totally. it's pretty hands on Washington. And...
0: Yeah. And I think that was the other thing for me. It was, uh, a really different kind of education that I was ready for. I learned a ton at UVA about critical thinking, theory, history, I had tough professors. Right. Who were really, really challenging. Um, and you know, kinda of motivated you a little bit through fear. Yeah. <laughs> and the students were really competitive with each other. It was great. I had some of the best years and got a great education, but the hands on learning, the the making culture, the community engagement, I went and did a design build project in a squatter settlement in Mexico City oh, nice. and Uh, I was ready for that kind of work and I didn't need the professors to, I was motivated by myself.
2: (laughs) Right. right. But it, it is interesting, like what Tom Kundig was talking about today of the sort of intuitive approach versus the more intellectual approach, you know, and it's kind of, maybe you had both of those, like the, the UVA, maybe more academic in some ways and UVA is, I mean, in Washington, Maybe more intuitive kind of hand. I think up. so.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that as a result, the students graduating when I was there, and there was a a bigger mix probably of what was coming out. Mm. The product that was coming out of UVA was more similar. There was definitely different talent levels. Right. Yeah. Of course. You, you remember, you know, some of the kids just really got it, and other ones, <laughs> yeah, other ones, you know, took a while longer to get it, and some yeah. never got it. Right. There was more diversity, I'd say, at the University of Washington as a result in the kind of work people were interested in and the the things they were interested in designing and. Um, mm. You know, great furniture-making studios, lighting design studios where you build light fixtures, uh, design builds, with Steve Bedanes has been there forever from mm. Jersey Devil, Yeah. you know, and he would, he's built something with students every year for probably 30 years, and so there's this whole culture of that, Yeah, and it's, it was
2: cool. It's interesting, like, you, you, you running through that list, and I feel like one of the things I got from your, your talk most, maybe, was this word of range. You know, yeah. it was just so much congratulations on the the firm of the year award and your talk was great where you where you really dove into the whole structure of the firm and like the whole structure right there's so much going on so many aspects of it do you want to kind of summarize a little bit talk about why you think you you were awarded the the firm of the year and what what were those things that kind of stood out and make make you guys different
0: yeah well I'd say you know the you know the national AA firm award it's there's there's a there's an entry point you know a baseline to to get on that kind of coveted shortlist of firms that are in, nominated to submit that can make it onto a shortlist and you, know, you have to have the design excellence and you need the you know the peer recognition that goes along with that but i think what helped our practice get to the next level i think the leadership work we've been doing in sustainability for so long and not just environmental sustainability but moving into social sustainability and issues of equity through our practice, through our work. And we really leaned in some you know, we're an interdisciplinary firm. We have over 20 landscape architects. We have a large team of interior designers, we have urban designers and planners, people who don't identify as architects. Right. And they're important parts of our practice. Rather than structure our submittal in a way to kind of avoid that, we actually leaned in on that and tried to make the case that this is where architecture firms need to go and evolve if we're gonna if we're gonna tackle this the challenges that are out there facing our societies, be it environmental issues around climate change, be it social issues around um, homelessness, around um, urban design and planning, around transit, all these kinds of things, you need an interdisciplinary approach. I think a lot of the design schools, while they might have multiple disciplines within their college, they're not actually teaching that way. Right. And so uh, we took it upon ourselves as a practice to, to try to create that kind of model. And I think it's really cool that AIA rewarded that because right. it was a little risky for us to go in that way and lean in on that issue and say, hey, listen, architects, you know, we put that diagram up there. That diagram I shared about the, the old model of the architect and everybody else, Right. that was in our submittal to the National AIA, Yeah. you know, essentially yeah. with a big X through it. Yeah.
2: He put He put this big diagram up, had a big bubble with an architect, and then three bubbles underneath everybody else and then then their approach is more of an open space with project and then circles all around interlocking circles of of the architects engineers right right everybody else that's involved in the project
0: yeah and we believe that the old model which still has some value and there's some really beautiful work aesthetically that gets developed that way is really kind of centered around the creative genius or ideas of an individual or maybe of a firm but really not necessarily focused around the project and the users and the environment and the, the the critters that live on that site as well as the all different people it takes to actually design and build something and so we put this project in the center rather than our own ego
2: right it's interesting in the you know talking about you have this person's name on the door right but a person who's been who, who died in 1984 right and you never met and it's a sort of like sixth generation of well, fifth or sixth generation of owners, right? Contrasting that to again Tom Kundig who is here, who that first generation is still here, and it's they're still figuring things out, right? And what I was impressed with your presentation was there's just there's so much going on, right? And you're saying like there's not a lot of interdisciplinary work going on within universities, and I think it's because it's really complex, and your charts and your mission statements, it's really complex. But it feels like you've had those five generations to build up those systems and figure out figure out how to make it work, right? And it sort of takes that. Yeah, and it takes time because a
0: cultural change in an organization you know, takes takes a long time, right. And so our, our practice is really different today than it was in the 1990s when I joined. Yeah. You know, uh, we weren't interdisciplinary in the same way. I think we had the, the bones there and the, the ethics and the values to be that way. But we weren't necessarily practicing that way as robustly as we do today. You know, we started hiring landscape architects and leadership in the early two thousands, and it you know it took took a good decade before we were really firing on all cylinders and um, being able to do that. So these are long term investments, and they're investments that can fail. So you have to be willing hmm. to take some risks that don't that don't work out.
2: And you you as the president, I I, I know this is probably a pretty well oiled machine and it's not again not you as a bubble up here but but still how how you're able to help facilitate all these super diverse things going on and so what is like what does your day-to-day look like and how you're able to help kind of steer this ship with a bunch of hands well
0: first of all it is it is a it's definitely a team sport (laughs) and um, I'm not just saying that it really is That being said, we do have structures in place since we have a core leadership team that I'm part of. We have partners in charge that run all the different projects. I do run some projects still. I
2: was was, was sort of surprised by that in a way, yeah. Yeah,
0: Maybe three to five projects at a time that I'll I'll dig in on at different levels and different levels during the different phases of the design. But then a bulk of my time is meeting with teams internally be it design teams that need help because they're struggling through some issue or need some help or inspiration. Or one of the big things I do is help interview people and help grow our team with new new talent and uh, mission aligned talent. Sometimes we're... But what I like about my job is that I I like the diversity of the work and I, I don't think I could do anymore what I did in my early years of working on one job for two straight years. And I did that and I was good at it and it was really, really exciting. But I'm so fascinated and tempted by all these different things that are going on. So my day has a lot of diversity. I'd say dealing with issues around design, issues around money, dealing with issues around um, personnel. Uh, almost everything relates back to people in some form or another. Um, and then, you know, I, what I get to do is I do get to work on a few juicy projects at a time that I get really excited about. And those are fun. You know, I flashed a few of those up on the screen here today. So that's special for me when I get to do that. But I But I like it all. And yeah. so it works for me.
2: Well, it's interesting. You have to be pretty unique, where you started as a model builder 28 years ago, and you've sort of sat in every chair all, all the way up, right? And I've had this conversation with a few people here this this weekend of of sort of those roles that are could be outside of architecture, right? That somebody else could could come in and do, but can architects? do it and this idea of president and running a firm right you didn't go to school for business but you know every part of it and and able to synthesize that uh it still has to take a different different personality right but it's uh
0: yeah i mean i'll, I'll be honest i think it's i think it's sheer luck and a circumstance <laughs> that i'm able to do some of the things that i do because i wasn't trained for them i and i to be honest i never really aspired for any mm. to, to have any of them i, I never aspired to run a a big firm, and um, get up on stage. And I was—I was the last person in the world anyone would have expected to be doing what I'm doing now. But I just lucked into landing at a firm where the culture resonated so deeply with me, and I could—I could really be myself. The firm was pointed in a really exciting direction with the leadership that was in place then, and then the right folks identified me and kind of nurtured me into leadership roles on projects first, you know, designing projects and managing projects and then ultimately leading some teams. And uh, it all just kind of happened, but I never I never asked for any of it. <laughs> but by the same token, I never said no when it was offered to me. Right. <laughs> and so I, uh, I just...
2: Uh, knowing when to stretch and when to, to not stay in a safe zone, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's been fun and it's been exciting and I've had a lot of support and my job now and my partners who I love dearly, we have a really great leadership team who I'm really close with. These are good friends of mine. And our job is to really help do for that next generation of folks, what folks did for us, because we're all, it's our job to keep passing this firm down to the next generation and letting it keep getting better than we could have done
2: ourselves. Right. Yeah. that's, That's what's fun. Yeah. And I, and I assume, I mean, with all the things you've set in place, you have a pretty good retention rate and able to maintain that pretty good culture. I mean, obviously post COVID things are a little more in flux, but, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd say the culture is healthy. It's, it's been good. We, we have, we have folks leave, you know, some folks, it's not a, I don't, I don't know whether you can have a good culture or a bad culture at a company, but I think every organization has a culture and it's about being aligned with it and feeling comfortable in that culture. And so I think what we're good at now is while we have a lot of diversity within the practice, there's a lot of alignment around shared values, values around design values around listening it was really exciting for me i ran into one of our clients here mm. working with a with a project team that i'm not on and she said oh your team is really unique they're, they're really good listeners hmm. Interesting. and I, I i almost got like chills i was really excited because hmm. that's like the number one thing that we hope our teams are doing is delivering really good design but doing it through a process of authentic listening and that's those two things don't always come together.
2: It's a certain skill. Yeah, it's a, definitely a skill, and to be nurtured in that is is powerful. And I think you showed a lot of a lot of projects, and you were a lot of you were talking about really emphasizing sort of when the stars align, right? When all these these all these multiple circles around the the periphery come together and create that really big thing in the middle. What was one of the the projects that that really shown the, the most for you that that you had a big hand in or a small hand? Yeah, I've, I've
1: had
0: a number of projects over the years on big special pieces of land. Started early in my career with the Islandwood Environmental Education Center on a Bainbridge Island, which was you know 40 some odd, stru- some odd structures on 255 acres and trying to treat all of our own wastewater and mm. generate electricity and educate school kids. And I'm still involved in that organization today. And so that was a really magical one that came together. And that was, we started in the late 90s and the early 2000s. But there's been a number of other projects like that since then. Uh, the campus, um, talked about at Chatham University in Pittsburgh, a new school of sustainability and environment uh, just north of Pittsburgh. I think the magic is when you have a, a visionary client who pulls you along. So rather than that sort of model that I talked about of The architect's job is educating the client. When we get those clients that pull us, uh, it can be really magical. They've they've got a big vision, and we're there helping them fulfill that vision. That's that kind of project. There's a really visionary president of the university who brought us in from Seattle to do this phase of work. We really clicked with her and her leadership team. They were hands-on. We're walking the site together. We were in multiple-day workshops together, designing lots of options with you know, workshops with wastewater engineers, and mechanical engineers, and structural engineers, and architects, and landscape architects, and interior designers. And what I like is, I love helping lead one of those processes and facilitating those processes and help. Any, I don't care who comes up with when someone on the team comes up with like design ideas that do ten different things and solve all these different issues all at once. That's the, that's just a real joy. So that was one of those projects where that happened.
2: Yeah, I love. I, I love when you're able to really create that full integration especially of systems and of sustainability and and passive kind of system strategies and it seemed like you're you guys are able to do that a lot uh, by just your your comfort at look working at that large complex scales I, I think. yeah well yeah there's a lot of
0: comfort required there's also has to be comfort in having a mechanical engineer tell you that the building's the wrong shape <laughs> yeah. Or right. that it's, uh, or the landscape architect saying that's not the right place to put the building on the land, and that's where it's not just listening, but it's actually, you know, honoring the different ideas and being able to you know, authentically elevate the ideas that are that work the best, no matter who they came from. It's so much fun to see when those those kind of things click, but we've had that on lots of different projects throughout my career and others other other projects that other folks at the firm have been able to do and um and then if you can get it all the way from those really big picture ideas and then someone creates some beautiful little artistic detail that represents those ideas all the way down to oh, something really small yeah, yeah. that's 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 the, that's the holy grail spark <laughs> yeah 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 i guess yeah. i just thinking about it yeah
2: <laughs> well and, and kind of transitioning that you know again a lot of different sort of cultural perks and Uh, Strategies within the firm of getting people involved in a different way and and utilizing them, you know, and one that I was really drawn to was that you're you're an R&D system where Mm -hmm. people are applying for research funds or time and and just creating a large variety of of mini projects and, and things like that. You know, it seemed like just in that brief kind of overview you gave, you know, a lot of different things going on. Are you... Are you at all working to to make allow those to go beyond the firm and make some of those public or share? It's, it's, yeah. all, it's all
0: fully open source. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. We're open source with everything. Amazing. The only time it's not open source is if we're doing work where a client is paying us and we've signed a, an agreement not to allow it to be mm-hmm. open source. And we have a few of those research projects like that. But all the work that we're funding internally is all fully accessible, fully shared, and
2: that's that's how we do it wow oh, that's okay. cool yeah well you know thank you for for coming to the conference and and really just laying out this been honest blueprint of how the firm is working and thinking about how firms can can act on a larger scale and and opening that information up so uh, yes yeah, awesome. yeah. super
0: fun to share I think presentation I gave might make it look easier and simpler than it really is
2: (laughs) when you have a good graphic design team packaging well you put a good story uh, together and it's
0: it's all true everything says true but you know we it's it's definitely a complex organization that we run and it's complex by design because it's fun and because it helps us achieve mission but it's it's not it's not easy
2: it's, it's complex in working because you've had a lot of failures in the past and being able to learn from it. And, 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 and we're always testing yeah.
0: new ideas. And, um, you know, there would be simpler ways to organize a practice, like to reduce the type, amount of project types that we do mm-hmm. or um, to really focus in and say we're just going to do schools and healthcare or, right. or we're just going to, you know, but we, um, we're, we're, we're tempted too much by the mission, by the design opportunities. And if we can make an impact somewhere where we think we can do something great, and then we'll do it and so it, it makes things a little more complex but it i've never once looked at my watch at work and wished it was later so i could go home <laughs> yeah it's just the reverse nice <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah that those hands are flying all yeah, day. yeah yeah totally <laughs> thanks so much uh, yeah nice thanks yeah. good meeting yeah. yeah you can visit architecting.com
0: that's architect-ing.com to see images from this week's guest
1: And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week and keep connecting. Hi, I'm Eli. This show is made by my mom and dad. And these people. Heidi Mendoza. Emily Child.
2: Fernando Queiroz. Zach Huff. Trevor Natsuka. Aaron Best. Kyle Brunner. Rob Cleary. All right, let's get a coffee. See ya.